0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. I'm broadcasting live at Trinity University at the 2020 Sports Medicine Symposium. I am lucky to be back here again doing the broadcast live. So thanks to Mark Powell and the Trinity Athletic Training staff, and then also Dr. David Schmidt. I interviewed him way back at SPATS. I don't know if you remember that. Bob and I interviewed you way back in SPATS. Uh, and so again, it's a pleasure to meet you again interact um but we we were trying to have this conversation last year and didn't get to have it and so the big thing that Sean always says is Dr. Schmidt loves athletic trainers, loves athletic trainers, huge fan of athletic trainers right, and so I wanna know why, but before we get to why like i want wanna find out your first interaction with athletic trainers so be prepared for that question this episode is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash why athletic trainers again sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash why athletic trainers so dr smith the first interaction you can recall with an athletic trainer whether that was as a student as an athlete as a professional
1: well i'm so old when when i was in high school there weren't any, there weren't any athletic trainers at least not very many um uh, but my first experience with with an athletic trainer was, was uh, as a a resident. So that would have been 1981 or two uh, when I was covering some high school football games. And uh, it was, it was great because it helped me realize, dang, these guys know a whole lot more than I do, Uh, particularly on field evaluations and things like that. So ever since then, I've, I've, I've had a huge um, amount of respect for what they do. They're always our second set of eyes and ears. And I just, I don't think you can practice sports medicine uh, without having great relationships with the athletic trainers that you work with.
0: All right. And again, you guys have talked about working together for a long time. We have Mark Powell here, uh, Dr. Schmidt. He has worked together for a long time. So when did y'all meet? And tell me a little bit about that story and interaction
1: yeah you know it it's great uh one of the things that's really great to see is is see somebody grow and and get confident in their uh in their abilities when mark first came on i mean he would call me every single day every single day sometimes more than once a day and you know twenty some odd years later you know now i'm now i like When's he gonna call me? He never calls me anymore. So that's, that's always a good thing.
0: Just as an intern and you, you started building that relationship um, and then you guys have formed that bond. And so that's something that I personally don't do very well, like I haven't struggled. Like I know um, Dr. Crumby in Houston, uh, he works with some of the, the college teams a little bit with the, the pro teams. And just recently my son had a clavicle, uh, an SE separation. So I just text him, hey, Dr. Crumby, what can you do? And he said, okay, well, let me get you over to the PD ortho. And just boom like that. I'm in there taking my son, getting this checked out, making sure. But it's not somewhere, I was never in a situation to where I was like, hey, let me call him every day kind of thing. Um, and so I, I, don't, I feel like I'm always envious of the athletic trainers that have that relationship or like Sean was talking about Dr. Magone, who's one of his personal friends, you know, and I just, I wish I could build that. All right. so talking a little bit more about why you're such a big advocate of athletic trainers. You mentioned that they're always a the second set of ears. They, you've grown a lot in respect, but tell me some more about the importance of uh, an athletic trainer from a physician standpoint.
1: Well, probably the thing that's most important is, is they have such a unique skill set. I mean, they are trained to um, evaluate athletes uh, in the acute situation which for orthopedic surgeons you know we we a lot of times don't get that opportunity so having a a good athletic trainer that can uh, do a good evaluation on the field or on the basketball court or on the soccer pitch and call you and say hey here's what I got uh, that just goes a long way I mean it just kind of starts the process and so um, that's that's ideal situation for the athlete
0: all right, so Mark, Sean told me you, you have a lot of fun stories about Dr. Schmidt. So I'm going to ask for some of those here in just a second. So, so start thinking, get some, get some sure stuff ready. Okay. So, so just have those, have those ready. And then, uh, Dr. Schmidt, you mentioned so much, again, about the importance of the athletic trainer. What makes a great athletic
1: trainer to you? Um, good skill set. Always looking to improve that skill set uh always you know asking questions uh always trying to learn and really putting the athlete first
0: all right mark you have any of those stories ready for us
2: i don't know that i can share most of those um
1: i'm relatively sure he
2: can't Uh, (laughs) (laughs) at least not the really good ones um no i i think um you know, he, Dr. Schmidt kind of made a reference to, to early on, there, there were a lot of phone calls. And, and I think probably the thing that I remember the most is that, you know, he, he always took those phone calls, you know, there was never, uh, you know, he, he, he never, he never didn't answer the phone. And I think that's, you know, the kind of the, the original foundation of our relationship is that, you know, he really helped me grow as an athletic trainer and, <clears throat> and ultimately, as a person, and, and and part of that is that he, he always answered the phone, and um, you know, uh, if there was ever a question, he was he was always always willing uh, always willing to answer it. And that's uh, you know, as a young athletic trainer, having having that opportunity with a physician is is huge. It's it's allowed me to develop into the the athletic trainer and the person that I am today. And, and you know, his you know, again, his willingness to always answer the phone is, is a huge part of that.
0: So do you feel like Dr. Schmidt was a mentor for you in a lot of ways?
2: Absolutely. Right. I mean, um, you know, not only not only professionally, but you know, also personally. And you know, we're you know, our university is is smaller, and so it's a it's a very tight knit community. And 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 you know, we have a lot of coaches that have been here you know, 15, 20 years. And and so you know, him him saying, hey, this young guy is going to be okay to do this, um, really you know, gave me a great deal of credibility. Um, on campus in our department instantaneously that, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with. And, and I didn't have to, I didn't really have to fight that fight um, because he, you know, he, he put his name and his, his reputation and and such behind me early on. And, and that, uh, you know, again, that went a really long way to, to being able to, you know, establish me um, in a really good place with, with coaches and our athletes. And so, yeah, no, definitely very grateful for, for the relationship that we have and what it's, you know, what's allowed me to do.
0: All right, Dr. Schmidt, did you, do you feel like you intentionally mentored uh, Mark, or that was just something that like, kind of came natural for you?
1: Well, he was kind of forced on me, so I didn't have <laughs> much choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 <clears throat> I, I did with Mark what I try to do with every athletic trainer that I that I talk to or deal with. I mean, whether they're from Laredo or... or Eagle Pass or wherever, you know, I I make sure they have my cell number and I make sure that they know that, you know, I don't want them practicing on an island. I mean, so if they have any questions, call me and and I'll answer it and we'll walk through the, the issue. Maybe, you know, maybe the athlete doesn't have to come all the way to San Antonio, but, you know, that's one of the things that I try to teach our young docs also is, make sure that your athletic trainer has your cell number and number two make sure that when they call you pick up the phone and if you're in the operating room or something but you call them back and you call them back promptly and i think uh, that's one of the things that has made us successful
0: Uh, there's two stories that i relate to there you talked about you being a young athletic trainer and then him vouching for you so i started off my job in fort bend but i was taking alternative certification teacher thing with this guy And he just happened to be in a master's program with the athletic trainer that I was applying for at George Bush High School. And he was like, I don't know, I'm kind of concerned about this issue because he doesn't have experience with football because at Houston Baptist University, we didn't have football at the time. And so like that guy just speaking, you know, he's a good guy. I've interacted with him in these classes and stuff like that. And so again, just somebody being willing to stick their neck out and speak up for you, it makes a huge difference and opens up opportunities. And then like I said, just being willing to... Uh, be intentional with mentoring and so again just even last night I had a conversation with two athletic trainers at the little social thing that we did after the event here at Trinity which was fun Tycoon Flats is pretty cool Um, but just the fact that I was willing to say hey I've had these 600 conversations about professional growth and development in these situations and you know here's some of the podcasts that I've done but here's a lot of the lessons that I've learned so being willing to reach out and say hey email me or check this out or send me something and I can send you whatever resources I have but just being willing to mentor and grow and help help the profession there. Um, Dr. Schmidt, I know you're also involved with the state licensing board and athletic training. I am. Okay so tell me a little bit about what you see as an important key for growth of an athletic trainer like as it relates to licensing or maybe what's coming up with the licensing, some of the big questions y'all are dealing with there.
1: Well, I don't know if it's as much licensing as, as w- we need to to continue to try to push uh, the envelope for athletic trainers and their profession. And so uh, getting uh, athletic trainers in the state of Texas, uh, you know, recognized by insurance companies as healthcare care providers, like a, a whole bunch of other states have done, I think is critical. Uh, we have tactical athletes, we have uh, industrial athletes, we have secondary school athletes, we have collegiate athletes. so every opportunity that we can do to help the profession uh, grow its opportunities, I think is really important. So I don't know where we are with with the next legislative session, but that's something that I think is really, really important.
0: All right, so do you have any fun, interesting stories about Mark? I know I asked him that question there earlier. All right. And so so I'm going to kind of come back to you, think about that there. All right, Mark, so, so what do you think are some of the important things in your relationship with Dr. Schmidt for a young athletic trainer t- trying to establish that besides just kind of being forced in a situation? But how can a young athletic trainer build those relationships?
2: Um, I, mean, I I think the, you know, one thing that's really important is is really listening. You know, that, you know, one of the things that, that Dr. Schmidt does a really good job doing is, is teaching. And so, you know, making sure that, you know, early on, especially that I was, it was listening, you know, paying attention to the things that, that, uh, you know, that he was, that he was trying to teach me. I think, um, I think he would tell you that, um, that I at least paid attention to some degree and that I, that I've carried, carried a lot of those things forward, um, you know, in my practice today. Um, uh, but those are things that early on, you know, especially you talk about, injury evaluation um you know the way you talk with a student athlete the way you, we interact with parents you know a lot of that um you know a lot of that comes from comes from him and, and the way that he does those things and so um you know I think being open and 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 really listening and paying attention to what's going on around you um you know, I was really fortunate in college to to work for an athletic trainer who um you know really impressed upon the value of 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 watching learning and listening. And so. Um, you know, again, the opportunity with with Dr. Schmidt and his group early on in my career was was really fundamental in that uh, in that development.
0: All right, so I'm going to come back to you, Mark, with the what makes a good team physician. So, what are some of the ways that what are some of the things you need to look for? So, I'm going to come back to you that with that, Dr. Schmidt. Give me some give me some dirt on Mr. Powell here.
1: Well, you know, for probably the last 15 years, uh, every year we do a sausage grind in. Uh, in January or February, and we set the date, you know, two or three months in advance, and it's just amazing how Mark, how he struggles to try to get a deer. I mean, he's get gets offered deer, and he doesn't go pick them up, or he goes out to hunt, and he can't hit them, and so, you know, we're working on that. We're working on that, so hopefully one of these days he'll be consistent with bringing his, his deer meat to the sausage grind.
0: There you go. You know what? I've got a friend that owns a feed store, Blurdy Feed, right up the road there. So maybe you can go out with him. All right. So what is going to make – what isn't a young athletic trainer going to need to look for um, in building that relationship? Or what is going to make a good team position for a, uh, for an athletic trainer? Uh,
2: I mean, I think it's accessibility, right? It's the accessibility, you know, through phone, through email, um, you know, for, for that kind of consultation. And then, you know, uh, I mean, the ability to get your student-athletes in to be seen I think is – is a critical component, right? It gives you an immense amount of credibility, I think, as an athletic trainer to say, hey, we have this guy or gal that we deal with, um, and I can get you to be seen, you know, immediately. Um, and then once they're seen, then there's gonna be feedback, and you know, you can answer questions, or if there's a question you don't know the answer to, you can, you can quickly get the answer. And so, you know, the accessibility um, for the athletic trainer and for and for the student athlete, I think is is a key and critical component to you know to a good team physician.
0: Okay, accessibility. Right. Um, just having some conversations over the over the years with Sean and things like that, um, and then yesterday with Matt Bonner talking about the Spurs having like being advanced in their healthcare and having a holistic approach. So, what are some of the things that? You guys feel like you're doing really well here in San Antonio to advance sports medicine.
1: Well, I uh, I think two things are you know important that we try to continue to do. One is prevention, and, and one is you know I, I hate that term load management, but helping young athletes understand, like Matt said yesterday, understanding the importance of recovery. Uh, whether it's sleep or hydration or proper nutrition, all those sort of things. Um, Those are things I think, and ultimately that is a preventative tool in and of itself.
2: Um, Golly, Um, yeah, I think, you know, kind of echo Dr. Schmidt, I think the prevention side, um, you know, I think is huge. I think there's a lot of opportunity there um, to prevent um, you know, whether it's overuse or just uh, you know, in general prevention, I think is an area that's it's really been untapped, and I think it's it's one of the areas where, as a as as the profession of sports medicine, we need to we need to move into. And so, I think that's, that's certainly certainly an area where there's going to be a lot of growth in the future.
0: All right. So definitely in the prevention area, and then um, thoughts concerns about. Uh, why you feel like athletic trainers are so, so important, or why you feel like um, you guys have really made some advancements and changes here at Trinity University, or for athletic training, or with the Sports Medicine Associates um, and growing like the outreach program? I know y'all are working on that. Any other any other thoughts there on how other athletic trainers can grow and improve their situation?
1: I I think probably the the thing that's most important and it's like any profession whether it's orthopedic surgery or sports medicine or athletic training always wanting to get better at what you do uh, or adding tools to your toolbox i think that's critically important
0: always growing wanting to get better one of the things that you guys mentioned was accessibility and you know like i said i talked to some other people about uh, their situation and how like they were having all these extra non-athletic trainer duties. And I was like, well, just start talking to people like, instead of like complaining about it to me, cause I don't know you or your school or anything, you know, just start talking to your principal, invite them down and, um, you know, improve that situation, have that conversation, talk to your school board members, just invite them to come see who you are, what you do. And so that's one of the things I'm having to do struggle with this year because we got a new uh, principal who didn't know what athletic trainers were and so it's just one of those things, having to educate and start over and kind of reestablish yourself, even after I've been there for 13 years. So.
2: Yeah. No, I think that that's, a, you know, explaining to people what we do and, and is still a huge hurdle. I think for our profession, I think there's a, you know, even though there are a great number of people who understand what's going on and what we do, I think there are there's still a large percentage of people who who don't, especially as you get into You know whether it's athletic administration or school administration, school board members, you know, unless they were an athlete, um, you know, they 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 probably don't understand it. And depending upon how old they are, their their perception of an athletic trainer from you know 30 or 40 years ago is going to be profoundly different than you know what's going on today in an athletic training room. And so, you know, constantly explaining and telling our story, I think, is is going to continue to be part of our. You know, part of our mission and part of our, our, our you know, our, our need as as athletic trainers to to continue to to help people understand what we do and the value that we bring and and you know, it's still still something we're going to have to continue to to work on.
0: All right, so Jeremy Jackson, Mark Powell, Dr. David Schmidt from the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, we're talking about why athletic trainers. And this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Trainers. So you can check that out. I'll put links to contact them. And then that way if you have more questions about how to grow or uh, anything like that, then you can do that. Again, Jeremy Jackson, Mark Powell, Dr. David Schmidt for the Sports Medicine Broadcast. That is a wrap.